Hello, Master. It's been a while. We are off on an adventure! This is good. When it gets strange like this, it's a good thing. For what it's worth, I've got a good feeling about this. Trust me, Hera. I'm excited. This is my excited face. Get ready to be impressed! You ready to be impressed, Tam? I'm completely ready. And welcome to episode 115 of Geeky Bubble, part of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. I am your host, Jonah Marie, and with me is the floor buffer to my OP pit, my mom, Marie. <laughs> Damn, I'm the buffer? But think of it this way, the buffer makes everything better. Yeah, they're the one doing all the work. No, 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 no. OP Pit is the one doing the work. OP Pit, only, the only <laughs> thing he has to do <laughs> is hold that thing and push it. <laughs> That's it. The, the buffer is the one going round and round and round. But it's automatic. It's not like it's... Still, it's not work. <laughs> Even in an electrical equipment, I'm the part that does all the work. <laughs> trying to look at it the you know what 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 would mommy like she'd probably like the one where it's just the least amount of work i i feel like the person using it is putting more work into it because your back starts to hurt your legs start to hurt oh poor old baby <laughs> okay so because we didn't talk about last week's episode we'll be including it in this week's episode so We'll start off with our weekly question. So, Mommy, what is your m- favorite musical group or artist? That's easy. That's an easy one. That will be... What's his name? <laughs> God. That will be Mark Anthony. Oh, Mark Anthony. Yes. How could you forget a name like that, Mommy? I didn't. <laughs> oh, man. You did. I'm going to tell him. Mark Anthony, and then group will be Mana. Oh, yeah. Mana's good. Yeah, yeah. I only have... I don't really listen to much music. When I do, it's the occasional pop song, hit song that's on the radio, or I have a few soundtracks here and there. I don't really have much in my iPhone. But the two that come up the most are Imagine Dragons and Us the Duo. I love Us the Duo. <laughs> Yes, I, I know that one. I know that one. Yes, and I've seen them in concert. And every time they come to New York City, I must go to their concert. <laughs> there was one time when I didn't get the chance to go and I was so disappointed in myself. <laughs> yep, that will be you. Uh, <laughs> disappointed because you couldn't make it. <laughs> yes, yes. So let us know what your favorite music group or artist is our, or both or both <laughs> and we'd really appreciate it we'd love to hear from you so moving into the episode from last week Sonara score which was written by gavin oh man i'm not gonna pronounce this correctly Hignite. Hignite. yeah Hignite. and i have to say i think this might be my favorite episode so far i, I could see why because it's a very revealing episode for a couple characters you know so, yeah, I could see that. But um, I- I'm still in love with number one. <laughs> the the first episode, yeah. the series premiere. Yeah, that's a good one. They're all good, really. Yeah, I they like- are. It's like, how-, how can you have one favorite? It's like, they all are good in their own way. I agree. <laughs> 
So we're going to touch on some basic points from the episode, and then we'll move into this week's episode. So we start off with, oh, at least my notes start off with. (laughs) (laughs) So I jumped right into Kaz visiting Orca and Flix's office because they're in search of a chip. For yeah, a computer they, they tracking need, system. They need to fix the tracking computer that manages the cannons in the platform yeah. for security purposes. Yeah. So <laughs> this thing went down and now they have to go and repair it. But at the same time, the aces won't be there because they're worried about the pirates raiding their shipments. So they got to send all the pilots out there. But then you leave the Colossus uh, oh, defenseless. This, yes. Without so, anybody to... Defend them from air attacks. Right, right. So one thing that I found very interesting about this episode, and I had to write a whole article about it, even though I didn't really know how I would pull all this information out of my butt. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the fact that there's a whole bunch of scrap and metal and, and all this junk and wreckage sitting at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Like, it never really connected in my mind the fact that it's essentially like Jakku, where the there's a Star Destroyer sitting yeah. on the desert, there's X-Wings here, and a whole bunch of other stuff over there. So I, it never really hit m- my mind the fact that there is that kind of wreckage sitting at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. And, and this is where... Orca and Flix get all their supplies. <laughs> so practically almost everything that they have in there came from the bottom of the ocean. And they're salvagers on the platform. And Sonara happens to be one of those salvagers now. Personally, I think I think it would have been cool had in the, the previous episode Signal from Spectre from Spectre 6. <laughs> Dang it. Signal Signal from Sector 6. I think it would have been cool though if they had pulled in uh, like if she, if Sonara had had amnesia or something and didn't remember that she was a pirate. I don't know. I would have mixed things up. <laughs> yeah, that because uh, then she would have probably acted her natural unspoiled way because, let's face it, her character has been spoiled by uh, limitations and needs. And, and now she feels that the only way that she can get what she wants or what she thinks she needs or wants is by being a pirate. So maybe that amnesia would have made her who she truly was meant to be. Probably someone like, in the other hand, we have Tam, who basically, yes, had not exactly the same background, but is also trying to work her way through getting out of what Sanara calls, you know, the hand they were dealt with, you know, but in a different way, in a more productive way. Yeah. And I think uh, had she had amnesia, she would have yeah. been more open to making friends, I yeah. guess. And then when she realizes that the pi- and then the pirates would have gotten in there somehow, I, I wouldn't know how, but she, you know, all of a sudden remember, and then she'd feel really conflicted over having just made friends under this, you know, yeah, we have clouded. a whole different. Yeah, we have a whole different story. And I was like, oh man, I wish that would have happened. <laughs> I mean, I know amnesia tends to be a very common thing to do, but I, I, we haven't really seen it in Star Wars. It'd be nice to insert it in there somewhere. 
<laughs> it, it is an interesting. I don't know you, but I don't get tired of seeing this type of of. Oh of, no, me neither. <laughs> of, of, of issues because they always come to a, a, a fantastic ending or at least the well-written ones do you know yeah so i i love that <laughs> so we get to the point where sonara shows up in yeager's workshop and i, I had to highlight this part because kaz he, he doesn't know how to lie at all no he does not he, he 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 really has no experience on any human interaction whatsoever because how you <laughs> How are you going to come out of nowhere and say, oh, this is a a food steamer that steams food? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? The, the, from that, the, the whole part that I like is Niku. Oh, like, yes. Come we're, on. We're like, covering his mouth. He, he's been told not to speak. And somehow that translates to him covering his mouth. He's still making noises. He's still speaking. He's just covering his mouth. How does he, you know, understand that from do not speak? Exactly. <laughs> it's like unbelievable. Like he's with his mouth covered. <laughs> yeah, it was highly entertaining. And I also like the part where Kaz is trying to get Sonara to leave. So he goes, bye. bye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> like that somehow is going to make her move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it moves into my favorite part of the episode, which is Tam and Sonara talking about their own individual lives and their own motivations. And I really love this part because it could have easily been Kaz talking with Sonara. And I'm glad they didn't go with that route because it's about time that we see Tam talk with other people outside of Eager's crew. And it was great to see these two women talk it out and not just talk about boys, because sadly, in Solo Star Story, we get um, L3 and Kira talking. I was like, yes, they're talking. But then they end up talking about the guys. And I'm just like, oh, man, I wish they had talked about something else. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool to see them talk about their misfortunes and find some common ground. Yeah, and this is where where you you know they the both of them one more than what life has life given, given them. them. Yeah. So just one is going one route and the other one is going a different. Right. Yeah, yeah. I also like the the fact that we learn that Tam's father was a pro racer. Yeah. And that they used to go from system to system and I mean that's that's tough because you want to live up to that lifestyle. But then every time she tries to take one step forward, something happens where it pushes her a few steps back. So like the fireball is meant to be her ship, but then Kaz used it and Kaz trashed it. So now they have no, they have, now they have to fix it. So like it sets her back several times. It's frustrating because you want to see this character get to the point where she wants to be personally. She wants she desires the position to be a racer. But, you know, sometimes in life, we think we want something. That's true. Because that's what we're used to. That's what we've been told or we are used to. And it tends to be that in the end, it, it is something totally different. That's, that's 
what's going to make us happy. I know. And I was thinking that too, because this show eventually is going to go into The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go into war, another war with the First Order. And so I was thinking, well, some of these characters might be integrated into the Resistance in some way. So maybe her being a master mechanic, maybe she finds that her desire in life isn't really racing, but maybe contributing to this bigger cause. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. And at the same time, as as they were actually walking and talking, I like that OP Pit had the trash can. (laughs) (laughs) OP Pit, let's let's be honest, OP Pit is the hero of the Colossus. (laughs) He keeps it clean. He keeps it clean. And my favorite, my favorite, absolute favorite part of this episode was when the, the pirates attack and... There's a pirate that's running around in the market, and OP Pit is following him with the, the buffer, buffer cleaning. The- <laughs> I was cracking up so much from that because it's so brief, but but it just it highlights the heroicness of this character. Yes, his goal in life is to keep everything clean, to maintain that platform that station in its best condition and and he does it even when they're being attacked (laughs) (laughs) and once the ace pilots are out and Tanara gives the go-ahead to the pirates tam finds that the docks have been attacked that they've been bombarded with artillery from the pirates so tam rushes off to go help her friend I thought it was kind of a reckless move on her part because yes. she's a mechanic and she would have been more essential than Cass. Yes. yes. <laughs> in that moment of installing the computer. I mean, but it also goes to show her personality, who she really is. She has this tough exterior and she wants people to think she's tough and that, you know, she doesn't care about anything or anybody, only her ship and her goals. But in reality, she's a caring person Mm -hmm. and she knows when, when help is needed. She knows how to react. And a person like that in a moment like that, you know, Sinara gave them the part. Not well, not gave them because she was going to charge it, but she found the part that they needed and made it easier for them to do their work. So, you know, after talking with her and spending time with her, how can you just forget that this person can be, you know, killed in the other side? So it was a bit reckless, but it shows the type of person she is. Yeah. And uh, we have Cass immediately wanting to go with her, but then he's held back, so he sends BB-8. But then he's told by Yeager, you know, if you want to help, then let's put this theme together. That's going to make a better change. And and Cass is so funny. (laughs) But going back to Sam, Tam... I can't want to say Sam, Tam and Sanara or Sam. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, cause I also want to ship them. Yes, yes, I actually, when I saw this, I was like, oh, I found my new ship. ship. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> when she goes to help her, she actually shows that she can handle herself in front yes. of the pirates. And it was really impressive what she could do. And Sanara was genuinely surprised 
when Tam showed up. And she is not used to someone sticking around and coming back to offer assistance in that way. Risking her life. Because in essence, she was risking her life. She could have been killed being down there. Yeah, it gives you the impression that she has never had that sort of relationship in in the past. Or if she has, uh, it's just such a far away memory, memory that it um, doesn't matter. Yeah. And and Yeager, Yeager, Yeager and Kaz finally install that piece. And Kaz did pretty well on his own. He was trying to lift it. Ka- 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 <laughs> okay, let, let's talk about Kaz's reaction here. Okay. <laughs> So we need to send him to defense class. We need to send him to weightlifting class. He he definitely needs an he, acting he, class. Yes, <laughs> he he needs to to learn to lie because he's a spy. He needs to get some muscles. Yes, in those spaghetti arms of him because man, he has no strength, and he needs to learn to fight. He has no fighting skills. Oh, he doesn't no, that's have true. one-to-one ham- combat. He does not have that. Yeah, it's, it's Kaz is such an interesting little little thing because yeah. he, he only knows how to fly. That's like, it. Like, that's the only thing he knows how to do. And and he's still learning. He Even though he says that he's, he's a great pilot and whatnot, he still needs to learn a few techniques here and there to be at that level. And... and, and they have to have some hand-to-hand comeback practice there, man. Because you never know when your ship is going to be taken down and you're going to have to defend yourself. Right, right. And yeah, it's it's very fascinating. The fact that Kaz is, he essentially is like a newborn. Yes. <laughs> yes, he's learning everything on the fly. <laughs> As it comes. Yeah, yeah. But um, once again, you see that he's a smart kid yeah that that put on the pressure he knows exactly what to do because he knew that the targeting computer computer Mm -hmm. was off center and he wedged it wedged it so that he could make it drop where it was and of course there was no way even if he had wave wave lifting uh, (laughs) a practice he could have been able to push that in right right but you know he put it in place yeah yeah, otherwise it would have taken longer. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was good on Kaz. And I like that Yeager said that he was proud of him. Yeah. And that, and you saw the the his face, yeah. his reaction to it. And it makes you wonder whether his dad has ever expressed, I'm proud of you. Um, I, I don't think he has. I don't has. think so, because if you take it from the little bit pieces here and there that they have given us, the father is more of an open wallet, you know, Everything is solved through money. Okay, you want that? I buy. Buy. That's it. Done. Right, right. Like the personal, little personal accomplishments don't yeah, really mean much. much. And and it was nice of Yeager to say that. Kaz was like, yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 he he's you know turning into my friend. I, yeah, you know he's becoming my friend. <laughs> BBA. <laughs> oh man, BBA. I don't know. Have all these little droids been infused with a little bit of sarcasm? Yeah, because I don't know what it is. I mean, BB-8, BB-8 to me was always like the sweet, charming, charming one. one. And now, like this this, this episode. A, he was not charming. No, he, he was, was like, not sweet. He was like, flat out, I'm not your friend. <laughs> We're not 
friends. Even making fun of Cass for saying Yeager is becoming my friend. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, really? <laughs> I, and I was just like, oh, that's so sad. Yeah, he, poor thing. Poor, poor Cass. He, he ended up like, not even a pal. <laughs> Uh, and the other one, Bucket. Bucket was also funny in this one, too, because he and, and Niku were were so proud of themselves for, yeah. for withstanding the, 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 the pirate attack. attack. And, and they did so by hiding, by doing a heroic ruse, was the, <laughs> the exact word. Yeah. And oh. they hid. <laughs> Only Niku can put it in such a way, a heroic ruse. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> we were not scared. We're not cowards hiding in the corner. We were consciously doing this so that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything will go according to plan. <laughs> <laughs> and then Yeager sees that this whole scenario was, was convenient because there were no defenses. The ace pilots had just gone and... Kaz is like, so what are you saying? Is it a spy? And and Yeager says, bluntly says, Kaz, you were never the only spy on this station. And and it's just like, ooh. (laughs) Things are getting more interesting. And I like the, the emphasis on this station because it implies that there are other stations across the planet or something similar to the Colossus on Castellan. Man, this episode is exciting. And and now and now Sonara is I feel like she is in a difficult position because now she sees a friend in Tam yeah. and now she has to figure out what is she going to do next? Is she going to give the pirates necessary information or is she going to decide to stay there and and be friends because or stole them like or yeah, or stole them, yeah, because now Doza contacts the First Order. Yep. So it, it's now, now now things are getting really interesting because now there's the possibility of the First Order coming in and getting what they want. But does that mean that the pirates are still going to attack? Are they still going to use the pirates as like an incentive for the First Order to stay there? Because once the pirates stop, then to Doza, it's like, okay, I don't need the First Order here. How how is this going to affect Tam and and Sinara specifically? Is what it, I want to know. <laughs> it, it, it's sort of the same the same thing that that happened with the Empire and the Trade Federation, Federation whereby the Chancellor was you know cohorting and trying to do all this planning and thing, and the Federation Trade Federation were basically working with Dooku, who was working with the Emperor in order to unbalance everything. So it is sort of like the same deal here, where the First Order is working with the pirates in order to unbalance certain specific positions across the galaxy so that they can take over. Right, right. Something else that uh, stood out to me was uh, there were a few comments from people online who said that they really hope Sonara stays as a pirate, that they don't want her to turn into like a good guy character. Do you think do you think she should stay as a pirate? I mean, I don't want her to stay as a pirate. I can see that being repetitive because we saw Callus 
change and... Yes, it is a repetitive thing because we've seen it somewhere else. But in terms of percentages, it is a small part. She's already proven to be there, not necessarily because she is ruthless, but because she thinks that is the only way that she can get what she thinks she deserves Right. From life. It's the only thing that she can... The only method of approach. And I hope they never stop doing this because this is the line that people need to start thinking about. Until you cross it, you can always turn back. But even when you cross it, you can come back. I mean, Vader is an an example. Yeah, but at the very end, when he gave up his life... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it not in a way where you can spend the rest of your life contributing back, back. and making yeah. an honest person out of yourself. And we have this idea in society that because you're bad, somehow you cannot become good. And you can always become good if what drove you to this action is not part of your psyche, is not part of the personality that developed way early no, in your I, childhood I understand. it's you know? more like a like an event that, that exactly caused it. that caused but it the, you, you have can the potential still, to turn you yeah. can still go back so i hope they never stop doing this and showing people hey you can you know come back from your mistakes you can do better if you choose to do so which leads us into the next episode the platform classic yes with yeager and his brother yeah so that's a episode written by Chris Wyatt and Kevin Burke. And I think they wrote, if I remember correctly, they wrote The Triple Dark as well. Cool stuff from this episode. Sad stuff from this episode. To be honest, the platform classic this episode made me cry. <laughs> mainly though, not not obviously because of what happened to Yeager's family, but it was mainly because I had a tough time understanding marcus and i like part of me wanted to hate him and the other part of me wanted to forgive him and it was those two sides were conflicting Conflicting. and i was trying to write an article because every wednesday i write a follow-up article about star wars resistance and my article my choice of topic was to talk about marcus's apology to yeager and whether it was genuine and i i was going so hard on this character like I really firmly believe that this character was not being genuine about it and he should have gone about it a different way. And I I was so emotional about it that after 900 words, I thought, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. And I deleted the whole thing (laughs) and I started over with a new topic. I actually just wrote about whether, you know, this theme of forgiveness will affect Kaz and his own father, who his father needs to make up for clearly being a bad parent yeah, <laughs> and will Cass forgive him and whether this will contribute to Cass's character growth later on. So yeah, I was having a tough time with this episode and this character. Yeah, sometimes we do things and we think that it's as easy as, hey, I'm sorry. And we don't really see, we, we're experiencing our own pain. We're not really seeing and and understanding the pain that was inflicted. Right. So we associate our own pain 
with, okay, this is what I'm feeling, therefore this is what everybody's feeling. But it's not like that. Everybody feels and see things and endure things in a different way. Very differently. And this is the problem with Marcus, that he had a loss just like Yeager, but unlike Yeager, it wasn't his wife and his child, which is much different than saying my nephew. When you say my child, it's a whole different thing than when you say my nephew. When you say my wife, it's a whole different thing than when you say my sister-in-law. You know, yes, there's love. Yes, there's respect. There's warmth, but it's different. Yeah. And he is not seeing that. Right. My And my other problem was, and I, I was talking to my friend about it, maybe Yeager is a better person than I am because I feel like forgiveness is not something you can easily give. To me, it's like trust. You need to earn it. For you, for in order for you to move on and in order for you to provide that forgiveness, you have to do something that hasn't been said, which is understand why. And that's the, the part where you need to understand what is it that the other person was feeling as opposed to what you're feeling and reflecting what you're feeling on them. It all comes to understanding. You need to understand the sides. Mm. You need to understand the why. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And until you you get that, until you realize that, nothing else is going to happen. And this is what happened in that moment when Yeager saw him desperate and he saw the fear in his face while racing and trying to catch and pass him, he realized that what he was saying was honest. It may have not been the best way of saying it, but it was honest. Right. Yeah. That's, he understood it in that moment. Yeah, that was that was sort of the conclusion I came to by the end of it. And I thought, there's too many, there's too much emotion in this it's, article. It, it's understanding. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, all of it boils down to understanding, to for a moment, step away from you and what you're feeling and put yourself on the other side and what the other person is experiencing. Well, then let's let's dive into this episode. (laughs) So Doza wants Yeager to participate in the platform classic because there's a prize of 100,000 credits. And it's interesting to me that Doza knows that Yeager can win this race. Like his daughter is in it. Hype Faison is in it. And he's not relying on any of them to, to win, win it. it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I know Yeager is going to get this. But what is it going to give him if Yeager wins it? Like yeah. more favors? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, and and, and my, in the back of my mind, because he said it was going to go towards the economy. And in the back of my mind, I was like, well, is Yeager going to give you the 100,000 credits? I don't understand. Yeah. Because I feel like that if he wins it, it's going to be his prize money to use at his leisure so <laughs> i don't know what's going on here but <laughs> maybe they would have just made an agreement like 50 50 also i think that he was banking on the popularity of Yeager as a racer i see and people would have bet and yeah. and won money to bring somebody like Yeager up front to that race that's what he was banking Leon, on yeah popularity okay i got okay i missed that that thought then he reveals Marcus Speedstar. Okay, did did I hear wrong or they were saying a speedstar? No, you know what? There were certain cases where they said a speedstar. And it was and like, I, what? Is that Puerto Rican talking? <laughs> and I thought, I love this. This is so cool because I definitely heard it a 
I kept thinking of my sister yeah. who has a very bad accent. <laughs> if, if, if I have an accent, my sister is like, whoa. Yeah, during Thanksgiving was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, the favorite, the, the best word to come out of that dinner, that family dinner was unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, that's right. Yes. For unfortunately. I, 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 yeah, for unfortunately. It's unfortunately. <laughs> oh gosh that was just so funny we were just dying of laughter but it's all in good fun we, yeah, we yeah. love her and she so so we i kept hearing a spister you know a speed star a speed star yeah and like am i hearing right this is it a speed star or or, or speed star, speed star? <laughs> what it is because i really am getting confused right now <laughs> My my Puerto Rican brain is saying a speed star. <laughs> my other brain is saying no, it's speed star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so this guy comes into into play and see, and this is this is my other thing. I feel like he's sort of like a walking contradiction because he says, No, I came to apologize. I came to talk with my brother. But at the same time, he's saying, I need the money. I need to be in this race. Honestly, I feel like he went about it the wrong way. If your intention really, if your intention was to come and apologize to your brother or, or talk with him and try to mend things, don't do it by going through Doza and, and, and revealing yourself that way and saying, hey, brother, it's been 10 years, blah, 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 blah. It's immediately going to put year in the wrong, a bad mood. I didn't understand the writing there a little bit and, and just the character motivation because I feel like he was flip-flopping between wanting to be in this race, wanting to win the money in this race, and then wanting to be there for his brother. Well, sometimes in life, we get shot different things from different angles at the same time, and we have to deal them as they come. Why you always got to so, counter my arguments, <laughs> Because th this no, is I what I go I to. It's about understanding. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I want to understand. And you have that he's been trying to find his brother and it's been difficult to find him. Yes. And all of a sudden, this opportunity comes to give him money, which obviously he needs because he did something wrong that put him in debt with some very bad people. So he needs the money. The opportunity comes for a raise. And on top of it, it's giving me the opportunity to see my brother. So it's two things, different sides of the, of the spectrum. Both things I've been looking forward to, but somehow they clash at the same time. Right. And that's why we see the jumping around between I want to win, I need to win, and I came to see you and, right. and so forth. Because they're both there. They both came to a halt at the same time. And it's just a matter of circumstances. He is in the position where he needs the money. Right. He, he obviously got into a very bad way. And speaking of that, you know, this entire time, these past 10 years or however long it's been where, when this accident happened, Marcus has been racing and winning titles for himself and winning money for himself. Yeah, he might have hit a, a rough patch, but this is what he's been doing these past 10 years. And yes, I get the fact that he's had a tough time looking for Yeager. But where the motivation to get back into a cockpit after you essentially killed people, because we don't know how many people died in that accident. Where do you get the motivation to go back into a cockpit? First, we don't know how long does it took him to realize how wrong he was. 
when that accident happened was because, as Seeger put it, he wanted to be the best and it didn't matter what it cost. We don't really know at what point after that, how long, many years, one, two, three years, it does, you know, we don't know how long it took him, took Marcus to realize that what he had done was wrong. This is true. But the thing is, he implies, uh, his friend Oplock, his mechanic, implied, to me, in my opinion, I think Oplock also lost uh, family then. <clears throat> because Yeager says, I'm surprised he's still with you. And that but, but then that comes from Oplock's decision. I'm going to stick with him because I know he's a good person. Right. And he will realize sooner or later what he's done. And he stayed because he saw more in him. Right. Than just what's, what's being presented. And like you say, Opla may have had family, but not everybody reacts the same way. No, and, no, of course. No, and no, eager reaction was to withdraw completely. Completely, exactly. So we have a lot of things that we don't know happening in the background. Yeah, there's a lot of factors that we don't know about. And what we do know of is that he needed money. Because he got in a bad way with a bad, bad, very bad people. And then this is where his brother is. Right. Two things that I've been wanting to do, two things that I've been needing are coming to a head at the same time in the same place. It's just the whole, his whole reason saying that I've changed, I, I, I fly for something different now. And like him winning the title and the money, did he put any of that to good use? Did he donate the money to charities? Did he... Jonah Marie was a 21 I know, I know, I know, I know. I so... know. But it's just, it, you, but you get where I'm coming from, right? Yes, I do get where you're coming from. <laughs> I, I understand it, but you need to, and this is why you wouldn't uh, uh, forgive people. Oh, no. I, I, I see. you're hard. You're too hard. You measure with a with a ruler that is larger than any other ruler around, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I don't know and why that is. I just I feel like if if someone broke trust and 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 I lost faith in someone, like I'd want them to show me, prove to me. So what you wanted was for Marcus Spister <laughs> to go into depression no and, no no and that's the thing like if he had, if he had been winning these titles and and, and money i just wish that they might have inserted a line somewhere like oh he's been aiding some sort of organization so you, you, or something. you need that but for the purpose of the story that was known there, there was no need for it dang it mommy <laughs> I don't know why I, why I, I am that, that way. Maybe because I've been in situations before where it's kind of tainted my, you know, warped my perspective a bit. But what are you going to do? <laughs> anyway. You're too tough, Jonah. Too tough. I am. I am. <laughs> Poor Marcus's piece <laughs> Oh, and you had mentioned the fact that he had made uh, lost money with this gang. Yeah. How do you... How do you go and borrow money with a gang with the word death in it? Well, <laughs> how can um, those uh, go into dealings with the first order? With the first order <laughs> this you is know? true. This is it's true. It's like sometimes. Desperate times. Yeah, desperate times. Some, and not only desperate times, but sometimes we really don't think of the consequences. We just think of the. The now. The now. Why, 
the opportunity of getting out of a problem now. Right, right. And so, you know, we eventually learned that Marcus was had used hyperfuel. And it's cool that it ties back to fuel for the for fire. fire. So the people who were like, oh, I don't see the importance of this episode besides uh, learning more about Yeager. Well, now you know, <laughs> because they needed to show us how hyperfuel is very dangerous to use. Yep. And then we move into the race itself. And I thought that was so epic, the way that they coordinated this race, because there's the obstacle course, and then there's the climbing, the climb. All the way <laughs> to All the, the way space, the edge of space. space. I thought that was so cool. And this part, I, I was like freaking out on my own when I was watching it, because it reminded me of Tron Legacy. Because there's this part in the movie when they're in the light jets, and the good guys are ascending upwards to try to stall the engines of the bad guys and so they get to all the way to the top and then they fall back down mm -hmm. into like a free fall <laughs> and it completely reminded me of that <laughs> i'm just like oh my god tron legacy <laughs> <laughs> and i like i have the the scene in my head it's uh, like it's playing in my mind mommy can you see it uh, yeah, I can. I can actually see the thoughts coming out of your head. <laughs> and I also like that Yeager's helmet actually reminded me of the old Battlestar Galactica helmets. Mm -hmm. It had that sort of Egyptian-like outline to it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I really liked that. And the colors, too, were very retro. And yeah, I had written down, do you think Marcus's apology was genuine? From where he was standing... He was being honest. Right, right. Personally, I felt like he was so desperate to not have another death on his hands that he was saying things to try to get Yeager to back, back off. Without realizing that he wasn't really relaying the, the full thought. Right. He did say at one point during that race that he didn't, he felt ashamed that he couldn't really communicate how sorry he was. was. So, yeah, I, I, I understand where he's coming from. I'm just, you know, I'm just very hard. <laughs> and, and, and this is why that uh, it wasn't until Yeager looked to the side and saw the desperation in his face that he realized that whatever he was had been saying was honest, was right. coming from an honest place. And in the end, we see it like, no, he tells him no. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because it's not the, the, the solution. It, it's not the end of the whole problem but it's a beginning right because now i understand that as poorly as you may have been saying it i know that what you were trying to say was honest and that goes to understanding yes this is true yeah not everyone's going to communicate it properly or they're not going to communicate it at, a, at the proper time yeah yeah i just need to <sighs> take a deep breath <laughs> And and something else that kind of bugged me was the fact that, yeah, the prize was 100,000 credits. The debt that he had to pay back was 20,000. So doing the math, tit, 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 carry it to the one, yeah. you know, divide, remainder. And they have probably expenses. <laughs> yeah, they had a few expenses. The so fuel is not cheap. This is true. So I would say maybe they had 40-ish thousand left yeah. after all those other expenses. Why can't you give Yeager some for maybe Yeager maybe Yeager would have denied it like I don't want
want. I don't, I, this is your money. I just feel like help help a brother out <laughs> with the fact that he has maybe a rundown. Was there, maybe it was there in the background. Maybe. And they didn't show it to us. This is true. This is true. Give them the benefit See, of the you, doubt. You, you're asking more <laughs> than what the episode is supposed to be showing. And I'm usually not like that, but it's just this, this, this theme yes. of forgiveness. It really is very delicate with me. <laughs> but yeah, they are, there's the point where they shake hands and the brother asks, are we good? And it's funny because when I was watching this episode, I went, no. <laughs> and then Yeager said, no. And I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> And he said, but we will one day. And I thought, okay, yeah, that's a nice touch. I, I honestly wouldn't have added that, but <laughs> but it's good that you did. Because, again, you're the better person in this situation than I am. So. <laughs> uh, and then one thing I wanted to emphasize was just because someone forgives you, it doesn't mean that everything, everything gets erased, erased. and that, that you're off the hook. Yeah, no, no, that's not the case whatsoever. If, if Anakin, if Vader had lived, for example, in a w very weird alternate universe... Uh, he would not be living happily with his son and getting to know his daughter. No, mm -hmm. he'd be paying for his crimes. Yeah, it's it's difficult because it's a case by case situation. Yeah, you can't you can't treat forgiveness and 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 just apply the same rule and approach to every situation. Every every situation is different. Understanding. <laughs> That's the word is understanding. And it's not only understanding, but understanding the meaning of understanding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that they touched on the theme of forgiveness because it is something that is very embedded in Star Wars. It's, it's something that we've seen before. It's something that we'll continue to see. Hopefully, we'll see that a little bit in the next movie, uh, episode nine, depending on how Ben Solo decides to turn next with his with his own life is he going to stay in his path of evil and destruction or is he going to finally realize that what people have been trying to tell him is is worth taking into consideration we'll see yeah. <laughs> oh and yeah because of course i have to add that uh i, I feel like personally marcus should have stayed with Yeager at the workshop to show that the fame and the titles and the money don't really matter. And what matters is family. But then it would <laughs> not have worked because as we know, Yeager was not in that place. No, no. He was in the place of, I understand you. I accept it. I accept your apology, but we're still not there. And that would have make it awkward Yeah, that would have made things awkward. It would have rushed things. It yeah. would have. I so, see it, mommy. I understand it, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I hope we also see forgiveness later on between Kaz and his father, for example. I also want to see maybe because Tam still doesn't know that Sonara is a pirate. What if? What if? You know, she yeah. she comes out as being the pirate spy and Tam feels betrayed, there's going to be a, you know, I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? Sort of situation, hopefully. And then there's also Tam and Yeager. Yeager still withholding the fact that Kazuda is a spy. Yeah. So how's she going to feel when she finds out the truth? Will Yeager also ask for forgiveness? So will she give him that? So cool things in the future. <laughs> 
Oh, and, and then one final thought for this episode, at least for me, is uh, I wish Marcus had been a woman. I wish it was a sister. I, I feel like it would have it would have changed things up a bit to have a, a sister want to compete and, and be as, as as amazing as her older brother and, and still fall under the shadow of her, of her older brother. It's just it's just interesting to see a woman in that position and try to cheat like Marcus so, did. You see, I, I would and I wouldn't. Why? I would because of the fact that I, I, I would like um, women to be seen for what they are and not the gender. And we are as capable of being the worst as any man. Right, right, right. But then I wouldn't <laughs> because in the back of my head, I still like that ideal of that a woman is better than a man. <laughs> and in that case, she would have resolved the whole thing from the beginning. <laughs> and not taken her 10 years. You know what? This is true. This is true. You know? So, yes, I- I'm being a bit hypocritical in my own thoughts. But then, you know what? I'm 52. I'm entitled. <laughs> <laughs> but I get what you mean. You know I get what, what I, you mean. So, because I feel like a, uh, maybe maybe a woman so, so would have yes, approached yes, it differently. Yes, I, I wish it would have been a woman. It goes a little against what I say no, initially. No, I, I know what you mean. But, you know, it, 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 it's a balance. I, how could we have struck the balance? To be honest, I think it would have worked out had it been written by a woman instead. Yes, Because yes. yeah. that's another thing. I love Star Wars Resistance, but there's only so far been shown one r- woman as a writer, Stephanie Folsom. We haven't really seen any others. Um, there are definitely, the w- the women are there in terms of the executive producers and other and in other positions, but we haven't really seen them in the writing team. So the, the one thing that I will say that we have an edge on, we've sort of had to learn to understand both sides, male and female, while men have been more concentrated in the, in, in the male side, so quote-unquote male side of things. Mm-hmm. So it's more difficult for them to understand female. I, I may be wrong, who the heck knows, <laughs> you know, but that's how I see it. It's a little bit more difficult. So I don't think a man would have approached the, 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 the woman's side. Although a man would have most likely either gone to extremes. Either, oh, yeah. Either giving me the sad, sappy woman yeah. role, or he would have given me a beast of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? No, I know what you, you mean. Know? And, and we've definitely seen it. It has yeah. happened in movies. It has yeah. happened in shows. And, and they get criticized for yeah. it. So... Yeah, I completely understand. (laughs) Hey, listeners, we hope you're enjoying this great podcast. This is Devin Kleffer from Outer Rim Originals, your online source for limited edition Star Wars artwork from officially licensed Disney and Topps artists. Each Outer Rim Originals artwork has the industry's lowest run of only 45 prints. All limited edition pieces from Outer Rim Originals are printed on archival quality Z-Clay paper, are hand-numbered, signed by the artist, and include a certificate of authenticity from Outer Rim Originals. And because you're a listener of this podcast, Outer Rim Originals is offering you the opportunity to purchase a limited edition signed print with 10% off of your order. Simply head to OuterRimOriginals.com and enter the discount code WookieGunner, the number 10. That's WookieGunner10. Then get ready to be the envy of the galaxy with a limited edition signed print from Outer Rim Originals. Remember, OuterRimOriginals.com, discount code WookieGunner10. That's OuterRimOriginals.com, discount code WookieGunner10. 
Now, back to the podcast. So moving into listener thoughts and questions, Elisa said, do you think Sonara punched out the other pirate only to not get caught? Or do you think she might also be having a change of heart? And if she is, do you think she'll eventually share what she knows about Kragen's gang being hired by the First Order? Um, well, I, I honestly think she... The instinct to hit him was so that she won't be caught. Yeah, so she wouldn't be caught. So, I think that's so what it was. immediately after that, everything else would have come. But that moment, that instant, that reaction, it was to not be caught. But I could see it being that she was protecting Tam. So she knocked him out for it. That split millisecond where you have to make the decision. What do I do? Yeah. To me, it was more of self-preservation did it result in more coming after yes did she understood and reacted to it yes but that millisecond there it was self-preservation yeah and then the other part of the question is i think she is going to reveal at some point it's going it's going to come out that the first order has been working with the pirates because it's essential for Doza and everyone else to know that the first order has been lying to them and manipulating them. And there's going to be a clash. I personally think, and this goes back to my Castellan article where I just wrote a whole bunch of words about Castellan and I don't even know how I got published. But <laughs> but I, I personally think that Castellan, I think the escalation between the First Order and the Resistance is going to start off on this planet. It's going to start off at the platform. Then we'll see the First Order, you know, the bigger forces go and attack Hausnian Prime. And that's the official declaration of war. But I think the tension is definitely going to explode on this planet. And it's a lot like you know, the Battle of Scarif before the Battle of Yavin where they destroy the Death Star. You know, like there's there was there's something the, the, before the, the, the spark. Yeah. Yeah. And and then sort of similar because in the fall it was it was different because the rebels weren't assisting the the Lothal ghost crew. They were doing this on their own. But it's sort of similar where this you know, this tension just builds on this planet and the, the Empire sort of crumbles there before the actual war finally comes to an end yeah. later on. So so I feel like this is going to be similar in, on Castellan. And and so, yeah, I think the information that Sonara has is going to lead to that, to that spark. There's always a, an, an escalation. There's always, before the bucket overflows, the drops keep coming and dropping. There's always that one that is the final, which makes the whole thing go right, over. Right, right. Moving into the next comment, Mike said, The latest episode is what hooked me. I am, I think I am a Sonara fan. Also, the subtle and not-so-subtle fear of the pirates is a great nod to the original trilogy. I am really liking the storylines, too. Also, thanks for a great show. So, hey, thank, <laughs> thank you, you. Mike. Thanks, Mike. Mike is actually the father of Zoe Hinton, who is the co-host of Star Wars Geek Girl, which is a favorite podcast of mine because those two girls and, and her co-host is Lizzie Perales. Lizzie, yeah. yeah. Those two girls are awesome. I, I, I wish, like, I, I, I always say these words, but I wish I was as cool as them when I was their age. <laughs> <laughs> you were cool in your own way. In Jana. my own way. In right? your own way. Everybody's cool in their own way. <laughs> 
when I first saw Sonara and they brought her in and she did her call and I said, ah, man, she's a pirate. <laughs> you know, I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah. But then now, in you know, when, when I saw her, the look in her face when uh, Tam went to save her, I was like, ah, because I do. Like I said, I, I hope they always bring this theme everywhere because just gives me hope for humanity yeah it's true and star wars is about hope even yeah. though the wars is in the title <laughs> well sometimes you have to struggle in order to have that hope yeah, yeah yeah and then ben said i was a tiny bit afraid at the end of the race marcus would say ha tricked you brother and split the winnings with the guardian death gan like he was loki or something <laughs> You know, you know. To be honest, I was also I also had the same train of thought because I, which is very weird of me because I like to say that I'm like Ezra and that I see the good in people. But there was something about Marcus. Maybe maybe it was just because of the fact that Yeager lost his wife and and daughter, and I was yes. just so fresh in my mind. Yes, that I just I could not see. The good in this person. You you, you are offended by Yeager. You I know? Know, I am, like, I'm offended you, you, on his behalf. You, have, <laughs> you, you, you are feeling all the negative feelings on behalf of Yeager. Don't get me wrong with everything that I've said and think that I'm on the side of Marcus or I was on the side of Marcus from the beginning. Because one thing about understanding and one thing about forgiveness and all that has been going on is about... Being cautious. You have to be cautious. You cannot just jump in because you never know. So I kept watching and I kept, in my mind, I kept uh, doubting. Why are you doing this? Are you doing it for the right reason? Is it, right, is it happening? Right. Is it not happening? You're going to betray him. No, you're not going to betray him, you know? And I kept doing that in my head as the episode was developing. So I kept my, my reservations right until the end. And like Yeager, it was when I saw the desperation in his face that I realized, nah, this is not a trick. This is for real. This is true. Right. Which is why I understand why Yeager let him win. Because like him, I, I understood that there was an honesty about what he was saying. Was it the perfect way? No. But there was the honesty was there. Right, right. Although that Loki thing, that would have been that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been no, no, not for nothing. I love, I love Loki. Loki yeah, Loki. <laughs> Loki is one of those like movie Loki is one of those characters yeah. where you can't help but love, yeah, love to hate, hate in a way. way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but but Marcus, I feel like oh man, I just hate that character. <laughs> no, um, poor Marcus. Mar poor, poor Marcus. Marcus. <laughs> Speedster. <laughs> speedster. <laughs> uh, you know, he will forever be a speedster, uh, yeah. even if he's not. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris said, I legitimately can't stop crying over this last episode, the episode with Yeager and his brother. This feels so embarrassing. And I actually, I wasn't sure what Chris was referring to specifically that made him feel so emotional. And, and I went to his Twitter and, and he had clarified in another tweet that he was more emotional about the history between Yeager and his brother. So it, it brought him to tears. And you know what? It, it brought me to tears too because of the whole situation. And it's nothing to be embarrassed about. You embrace your emotions, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> What's embarrassing of 
being showing, a human yeah. being and, and and showing your feelings. Exactly. It's the most beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely emotional because you get the idea that you slowly but surely, because they don't really come out with it. No. They don't really say, oh, you know, you crashed into the stands where they were, where they were watching the race and you killed them. They don't come out with it directly. So it's like it's slowly leading up to the moment where finally Yeager says, my wife, my daughter, and... And you get, oh my God, yeah, this guy yeah. had clipped Yeager's wing and this spiraled out out of control. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it hits you, if, especially if you put yourself in Yeager's position and you put yourself in Marcus's position, you really start to feel those emotions. Yeah. And Hassan said, I like how Sonara's score explains Tam's reason for being a mechanic and she can definitely handle herself. So true. The kindness of Tam towards Sonara is so surprising to her that it will bear fruit later for Kaz and the crew. See, Hassan also believes that there's yeah. going, something's going to come out of this. She, she, she may not become a good guy, but she will do something right. Right, for to them. amend yeah, what, you know? what she's done. Yeah. And Captain Doza is making a big mistake for trusting their first order. Truth. <laughs> Remember the deal Vader had with Lando? Oh, that's right. Because yeah. Lando said this deal is getting, getting worse every time. Yeah. <laughs> also, I liked Kaz's ingenuity with aligning the target computer. And by the way, Niku was funny as usual. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Nico. Ah, I love Nico. <laughs> I I really want to learn more about him because we've learned about Tam, so we have a little bit more about Tam. We we still need to learn a little bit more about Kaz, but we get the general gist about his character. But Niku is someone we still don't really know much about. Yeah. And I want to know more about him. And I feel like when we do, it's going to hit us right Right in the the heart. heart. And we're going to feel it. (laughs) And that's going to be super emotional. Because I still firmly believe that what he's wearing on his head is a cybernetic implant. (laughs) And I I just got to know. I got to know. And Hassan also said to start off, this is for this, the comment for this episode, to start off the Quavian Death Gang appearance. Wow. And that's true because they were actually in The Force Awakens. So it was cool to see them in animated form. The race and things to do within each lap was cool to see. The clumsiness of Kaz on full display when he knocked over the pit droid into the ocean was hilarious. Oh, oh man, was, that was so bad. I mean, I laughed, but I was like, oh, no. I, 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 I didn't laugh. I went like, what? Poor thing. <laughs> you know what? But the Chile die were there. They were watching the race. They were at the bottom of the, the Colossus. So I have a feeling one of them swam over and picked up and picked the poor up the, okay. pit droid. So I, I like to think that something good yeah, happened. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it makes you wonder whether the two kids were watching the race. Yeah, right. Kel and uh, I forget the girl's name. Shoot. Uh, but yeah, I feel like they were watching the race too. Hmm. And he also said, I hope we see Marcus again and see him and Jarek get closer like brothers should. Also, being the Astromech fan that I am, R4D12 is awesome. Anyway, another awesome episode. And may the force be with you, ladies. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, Jarek and Marcus, Marcus will eventually get to the place yeah, where brothers should be. They already did the first step. Right, and this was important. Um, and that was was important, you know. He understands where his brother is coming from, that he's being honest. 
he sees that and understands that. And that's the first step. And then his brother sees that his brother is willing to give him a chance. So I hope he continues to be a better person. Yeah. We'll see. Well, we'll see. And Matt said, Sonara's score was right up my alley as I love the, all the pirate stuff. It made me so happy to hear that weak way pirates speak just like one of Hondo's crew. Same accent and everything. What do you guys think about Sonara? I like her and have a feeling she will flip sides. It kind of reminds me of how the Zentradi spies from Robotech all changed sides once they were exposed to the human culture and friendships. The more I see of Tam, the more I like her, and she's becoming my favorite character. I really dig her scrappy working class vibe. It's funny because I loved Tora's design right off the bat and want to like her, but she's been a pretty minor character in the show so far. The aces in general feel a lot less central to the show than I initially thought. Have either of you switched favorites from your initial impressions of the characters now that we have got more story? So, Sonara, personally, I love Sonara, and I love that she is a Mary Allen, because I love that that yeah. species. It reminds me of Luminara and Barris, and yeah, I, I love that species, and it's cool that she's purple, that she's like a pinkish purple, because, it, you know, they were experimenting with the idea of her being green, like Luminara, but I, I like the idea that even within that species, there's a variation Shen of colors. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, she is. She's an awesome character, and I love the voice actress Nesneen uh, Contractor. I believe her, is her last name. And, and so I really want to see where she goes next because she has so much potential, and I gotta, I gotta have more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still like Nico. I, I don't know. I don't think anybody will take Nico's place for me. <laughs> oh, in terms of your favorite character? Yeah, in terms yeah. of my favorite character, he's the one. <laughs> right, right. And as for the ace pilots, yeah, it's it's been disappointing, the fact that we haven't seen them. But I feel like they might have a bigger role in the second half of the season. Yeah, because if, if we had seen more of them, we would not have gotten more of Tam. The, uh, Tam and the characters. Right. So... I think that they were introduced, we know they're there, and they're going to come into play when needed. You know, and it also reminds me of back when they were introducing the, the characters. They had Team Fireball, the video come out first, and then they had Team Aces, that video come out second. So yeah, I, I get the feeling that this first half of the season is more about Team Fireball. And next half of the season, is it's going to hopefully have more Team Aces. And I, because I, I want to see more Freya. I mean, where's Freya? <laughs> I want to at least hear because Bokivo is supposed to be soft spoken, but I so, but I want to hear it. However soft it is, I want to hear him say <laughs> something. <laughs> and then Matt also said, I also enjoyed the platform classic mostly for Kaz's weird energy through the whole thing. The way he was acting when he knew the secret was hilarious, and I literally laughed out loud when his cheering killed the the pit droid. I don't think he died, but <laughs> but he did have a nasty fall. And that final exchange with BB-8. I liked finding out about Yeager and loved the way the race was shot, but the way you find out about the fate of Yeager's family was weird. I think they died in the accident Marcus caused, right? I can't quite remember if they were ever if they ever said it straight out then if speedstar knew yeager's family died in that accident he caused the casual way he approaches yeager feels weird i do like that yeager starts on the path of forgiveness
forgiving his brother and doesn't completely forgive him in the episode, that would have seemed even more simplistic. So yeah, he also got the impression that it was too casual the way okay. he went about it. Now we, we, we're making assumptions that everybody who's listening in place know about what happened. Oh, you mean like, oh, because the rest of yes. the team was there? The, the team was there. Dozo was there. So he so has to pretend. And he, oh, this is true. his he entrance. Come he he can come, you know. You know what I'm saying? No, I like, get it. He can't come in and say, I'm so sorry, sorry for, for what, what happened. happened. Yeah. You so, need to ease it in. Yes. Yeah. I get it. I still I still prefer the idea of him having approached Yeager directly instead As of opposed to that to through the means of the race. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's my take on it. And it's probably Matt's take on it too, <laughs> given how he felt so weird about it. And Matt, um, he says, uh, I hope I got it right that the cause of the family's death. Yes, yes, that's right. It, it was caused by the, the race, the accident that right, took place. Right, Yeah, it makes me wonder how how big of a disaster it was. Because we saw the hyperfuel destroy Jace Ruckland's ship. Mm-hmm. And that was a pretty big explosion. I can only imagine when it hits... Oh, and, and I'm also curious whether it happened on the platform because Jarek and Doza know each other for, it seems for like for a long time. And I wonder whether Doza knows whether Jarek and Marcus, whether he knows about that accident. Then again, I, he probably doesn't because I think Marcus said Doza doesn't know about their arrangement of never racing with each other. So yeah, I'm curious whether that accident happened on the Colossus or but it probably happened somewhere well, else. Yeah. Because he disappeared. And where oh, is he yes. going to disappear to? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I had a momentary brain fart there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is true. This is true. So yeah, he, he definitely had that accident somewhere else. And so last comment is in the form of an email from Hope. Hope said, I was catching up on your show today and I was listening to Signal from Sector 6. You guys were laughing and really enjoying yourselves this week. It sounded like you guys really liked the episode. I also follow Star Wars Explained and got to thinking about his review for the episode. He pointed out that the downside of the episode was knowing who Sonara was, which made the episode really predictable to him. He made an offhand comment, and she writes in parentheses that she's paraphrasing, but quote, maybe this is what happens when you're watching Star Wars with a fine tooth comb and become too critical of it end quote for me i fell in the middle i liked the episode but it wasn't my favorite i liked it for what it was when a joke doesn't land for me i always think what would my eight-year-old nephew think of it he loves star wars and most of resistance's jokes would be fine by him i like the show for what it is which brings me to the question brought up by alex from star wars explained are we becoming too critical of star wars not just for resistance and rebels but for the movies like the last jedi which got a lot of blowback from certain fans or should we also keep in mind what the shows are targeting i'm sure the mandalorian will be very different than resistance because it's for a different age group trying to do a different thing to me i am aware that star wars has never been a set of perfect movies and shows there's always something to critique but i think there there needs to be a moment to step back and let a show do its thing especially since it's targeting a younger audience i've always said that you guys 
<laughs> you, you guys don't go to the movie to enjoy. You go to find and and pick and, and this and that. And I, I cannot watch a movie like that. I cannot watch a show like that. Right. I have to sit down and enjoy it. Like you say, take it for what it is. Right. It is entertainment. Mm -hmm. And yes, if somebody brings something out, if I see something out, if I feel something out, yes, we all are entitled to speak about, about it and express our feelings, our opinions. But there is a fine line where it is it becomes just your opinion as opposed to criticizing somebody else's work. That is the line that I wouldn't cross because to me it is what it is. It's entertainment. Right, right. I had expressed a hope on Twitter that uh, it's it's like pretty much everything else in life. You just have to take it in moderation. moderation. Too much of anything is a bad thing. So being too critical is a bad thing. So uh, sometimes, yeah, like hope, what Hope said, you have to step back and take it for what it is. Because a, a lot of time, and this is another thing, I feel like critiquing like from what I learned in, in elementary school you know there's a certain approach to it and some people tend to infuse it with emotion Chun, yes and so there's a lot of like rage rage yeah <laughs> going on when it comes to the critiquing um when there should be you know a, a division between what you're critiquing and and what you're feeling and so um a lot of people get those mixed in, mixed together, and that's why people think of critiquing as a bad thing when really it isn't. No, it's it's okay. it's for the betterment of of what you're watching to hopefully down the line something gets fixed because you you made that critique. You know, the critiquing is a way for you to improve. It's not as much as critiquing, but expressing your emotions unfiltered right emotions. yeah unfiltered emotions yeah yeah and i'm like why why watch the movie at all right right the thing that comes to my mind is i decided to listen to a podcast It'll, the podcast will go unnamed but i decided to listen to a podcast when twin sons the episode for star wars rebels came out and i i knew that this podcast had very harsh things to say about Rebels, but I wanted to give it a chance because I wanted to hear their thoughts about it. it. Like you said, it was very unfiltered. Yeah. The, some of the things that they said were just, whoa, just, first of all, there were cuss words everywhere. And I thought, oh my God, this is a kid's show. Where's the line? And and so, yeah, I, I, I had to stop midway because I, I couldn't take it. I mean, I, even I was just like, Wow, I didn't... And, and you're used to me talking. <laughs> because let me just say something, people. You don't hear it here. But do I curse when I'm at home? <laughs> and they've been hearing it all their lives. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was just so surprised. And I'm not really, but just the way that people approach things. It's like, we're so uptight about Star Wars. Like, Star Wars has to be a certain way and do this and do that. When, you know, just just... Let it be what it is, what, what it's meant to be. Like I say, expressing your opinion is, is good. It, there's nothing wrong with it. But when you express it with anger and you express it in a way where you take down what other people feel and think about it or the, the, the work that is being performed, that's when it becomes wrong. Yeah. That, that, that's when... You know, you've stepped over that, that, that line. Right. And, and 
And that's why I always say, you, you, you guys like going into this too heavy, you know, man. And, and I, like, I, I just want to watch it. I love, I love analyzing stars. I love looking for the little things. Sometimes I just want to step back and enjoy it for what it is. Otherwise, it's going to yeah. taint the experience for me. But thank you, Hope, for that, inf- for that email. And thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. Because yeah. it, it is something that needs to be addressed. Because yeah. it, it just... People just go all crazy yeah. on the interwebs. <laughs> and so that's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we'll be watching Secrets and Holograms. Ooh. <laughs> have thoughts, questions, or comments you want to share about the episode or anything else you have in mind, you can send them to us by emailing geekybubblepod at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you. In the meantime, visit thewookiegunner.com for news, reviews, and opinion pieces pertaining to the Star Wars animated shows, and follow TWG on Twitter by searching for the handle at TWG site. Mommy? Yes? Hi, Mommy. Hello, Diona. Where can fans find you on Twitters? In Twitters, <laughs> Frank can find me at Huvian. To fourteen. I almost. I thought you go. You almost forgot it there for a second. Yeah, I almost. Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I did. Yes, Whovian two fourteen. At Whovian two fourteen. Yes. And and Doctor Who. Actually, I don't remember what last week's episode was about. <clears throat> it was a classic. Last week episode most likely made a lot of. Because this is another show that, that also gets critiqued no. <laughs> in the same way. In the same way. Yeah. Um, I wish sometimes I, 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 I didn't know because I used to, you know, be so happy. <laughs> so um, this last episode was more to the format of other seasons of other doctors but what was it oh it was the bubble wrap one yeah. oh no that was good no 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 no, no. so we it's because we didn't record last week so there was oh, last yeah. week's okay, episode so of Doctor Who. Who. yeah no the one with the robots that was great i loved that episode with the bubble wrap that just blew my mind <laughs> but yes this past week with the uh time travel, travel. with the yeah. witches yes yeah yeah that yeah, that was I can tell that it was more yes. old school Doctor I, I, Who. As I was watching it, I was saying, Jonah's not gonna like this. <laughs> it was entertaining though, because yes. um uh the the guy who played James uh was King Al- James. King James, that's right, was Alan Cumming. Cumming yeah. And I was like, Oh my god, it's Alan Cumming, yeah. that's awesome. So I was I was definitely hooked in by that actor and it was it was interesting. It was an interesting story. I, I just love it because King <laughs> And hopefully this doesn't offend anybody out there, but King James is the, 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 the king responsible for what we know as the King James Bible. And he was so condescending to, to the woman in the team. And it, it was awesome the, the, the way that she uh, sort of like put him in his yeah. place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was entertaining. I liked it. I liked it. It was a good episode. Yeah, that, that one was more like the old. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm 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 happy with with what I've seen so far. It's it's been a good season. I want to see the the New Year episode. Oh yeah, I want to see that too. Because that that's always been a tradition of a Christmas episode. This year, there's not gonna be a Christmas episode. And boy, did that put a, a thunder out there on the Twitter <laughs> Twitter sphere. Oh, Lord Almighty, you, you will think the world was ending because there was not going to be any Doctor Who Christmas. Yeah, yeah. But 
I do I, I do want to see their approach this year and, yeah. and the reason for them doing it the way they're doing it. Cool. I look forward to it. Just as I look forward to 2019. Yes. I always like the fresh start of a new year. Yes. <laughs> and so listeners can also find Geeky Bubble on Twitter by searching for at Geeky Bubble Pod. And they can find me with the handle Blue Jag Eyes. Last but certainly not least, if you haven't done so already, please follow our podcast network on Twitter by searching for at We Are Escape Pods and tune into Unmistakably Star Wars and the Sky Talkers podcast for more Star Wars news and discussion. And may the force be with you. Always. Always.